All right, I've been told I have to talk from up here. Otherwise, our beautiful family online can't see me. But I must be centered. Okay, I'm good. Can we get the lights up a little bit back there? I, I want to see people a little bit. I'm just, oh, well, is that too much, you guys? All or nothing. No? All right, well, you let me know. Give me some feedback. Um, how's everybody doing? You. Um, offering. I was going to take the offering for those who didn't do it. Um, we, we have one box back there. Um, if you, you've got to be sharp, people. You've got to be sharp. There's other boxes in the room. And we're not telling you which ones are. So ask the Holy Spirit, when I give, where do I give? So um, anyway, no, it's right back there. You'll, you'll get this notice. If you're new, you'll get it. But, and then, of course, you can give online. We have an app. It's all beautiful. Um, I'll tell you, how cool is it that we got this 9 to 11 prayer set? Um, we've been, honestly, a lot of us have wanted to do this for a couple of years now. Um, there are people all over the city that have been dreaming about a prayer house that does prayer sets throughout the week. And to my knowledge, it's not being done. And so I, it feels like, come on, God, let's go. Um, Watermark is doing it with us. So we really just, we're super stoked that um, they're connected, that we're doing this together. Um, and the whole city's invited. And so I'm excited. Um, it's a, if you didn't know, it's like, if, it's like a devotion set. Um, if you got to work during the day, we're live streaming it. Um, but let me be real, like these worship, these prayers aren't for, for people to come to as much as they are for our church to sow into prayer. Does that make sense? So if four people come, we're good. If two people come, we're good. Like we're, we're doing this just for the sheer fact that our community is going to sow into prayer. Um, for as, a, as a corporate thing. So if you can't make it, don't feel bad. We're doing this, um, we're doing this for, for just, for honestly, for the city, for the region, but we're doing it for our church because we're going to reap from where we sow and we're sowing into prayer. We're sowing into the intimacy and the heart of God. So that's why we're doing it. If this is prayer, if something like this is new to you, um, you just do it because you know you're doing things. You don't know, you don't even know the outcome of why you're doing it sometimes. Um, so I'm excited about that. I thought it was cool that we started to fast the same week we started the prayer group, prayer time. So, dude, God's up to something, you guys. Oh, and the Bible reading app. Come on now. There's, I know one person's reading the Bible in 30 days. I won't say who it is. The whole Bible. And somebody else is reading it in 90 days. Sheesh. Makes you feel good about maybe uh, 12 months. Okay. Um, you know what, I'm going to talk about fasting today, one, because I, honestly, when I'm fasting, <laughs> I need someone to, to remind me <laughs> why I'm doing this, <laughs> and, and so it's uh, Jessica and I, probably every other night now, we've been watching something on fasting to uh, just fill us with faith for, uh, for this. Uh, we walk around throughout the day saying, I'm not hungry, you're hungry, and so, <laughs> but I am often hungry, Jesus <laughs> That's okay, right? Um, ha. Um, what time do I have till? It's, it's, it's right. We have till six, right? Ish. Okay, cool. This, I wasn't here last week. This is my first time preaching at this wonderful building. Let me get into it, though. I want to ask you, I want to kind of take you to a little illustration before I jump into this. How many of you guys like roller coasters? Raise your hand. How many of you guys have ever thrown up? On or after a roller coaster? Raise your hand high. Awesome, awesome. I'm taking notes. All right, great, great. I love roller coasters too. I do. Um, 
I didn't used to, and then something shifted in high school, and I love the only roller coasters that go upside down, okay? They have to go upside down. Um, I don't like anything that spins it like this. That, that's, I had a bad experience, and I will, I will not do it again, um, not even for my kids. But what if I told you, this, there's some, I want to talk, talk about a little bit of like language. What if I told you that, hey, um, hey Micah, we're going to go on this roller coaster, and when you throw up, when you throw up, just make sure you don't do it on me or the person next to you, okay? Versus, what if I said, I said, Micah, if you happen to throw up, make sure you don't do it on me or the person next to you. What's the difference there, if and when? When I say when you throw up, you're expecting something to happen, right? Right? It's kind of like, well, never mind. I started getting kind of uh, graphic with my kids because it made them laugh. But I was like, when you poop in your pants versus if you poop, right? One of those two, right? So if I said if, if you throw up, you're like, I don't throw up. I got this. But if I said when you throw up, you're going to be like, do I really want to ride this roller coaster? So the difference, I, love the, I love the idea of if and when. And one of the, one of the scriptures in the Bible that, that I really love when it says if, because it kind of ticks some people off, is 1 John 2. It says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if, say if, if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So what's that saying? It's not saying when you sin, is it? It's saying if you sin. So what's that mean? I mean, it's possible you may not sin, right? Now, some of you guys might, this is where people get upset and be like, well, brother, we're always going to sin. I'm like, well, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It says if, right? But if you do, that's okay. We've got an advocate. You don't have to worry about sin. If it happens, it happens. You know, one time, I, I believe this leader said, uh, can you go five minutes without sinning? What do you guys think? Yeah? How about seven minutes without sinning? How about an hour? Some of you, some of you, anybody? Take it, got an hour, got an hour, got an hour, hour and a half, two hours, two hours, two hours. How about, how about four hours? How about six? If you can go five minutes without sinning, can you go 10 minutes? Can you go 20? Can you go 40? My point is, is that, and this isn't the message, but I, I just think it's important to recognize that our hearts, you are a righteous person with the righteous King Jesus living in you. And so if, if his, by his grace, you, you've matured into a place where his strength is sufficient for you not to get um, angry um, or, or, and sin, for you not to make bad decisions. It's just possible. That word if is important. You get it? Now, let's, now say the word when. When. Say it again. Thank you. I like some keep you guys awake. Before I began to keep you awake in the morning, and I'm just kidding. All right. Um, so turn to Matthew 6. We're going to read from Matthew 6 for a bit. Um, and we're going to get to fasting, but I want to talk about um, what, uh, what someone calls the three whens of Matthew 6. And it's when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Okay? So we're going to get this. I think it'll be good. I think we're going to dial in on fasting in a minute, but I just love that we get some collateral damage in here and get a few other things going. So Matthew 6. Uh, verse 2, it says, so when you give to, well, I'll just start at the beginning. Beware of practicing a righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do 
so in the synagogues and in the streets, so that you may be honored by men. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, say when. When you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Does it say if? Does it say, hey, Christians, Christians, if you give, if you happen to give in this lifetime, just make sure your left hand... No, it says when you give. Jesus is talking to the, to the, to the disciples, not just the disciples, but his, the, the followers, and he's letting you know what a Christian does. He's letting you know what it looks like to be a Christian, and he's saying when you give. Why? Because you're going to be giving. Amen? All right, let's go on. All right, the next one, it says, verse 5, it says, so... Um, uh, bah, 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 bah. That's right. And then it just goes on. It changes the subject. It says, when you pray, say when. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have also received their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and cry out like a baby. No. And cry out. I love babies. You see our little baby girl running, walking around up front, soaking up the worship. When you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use the meaningless repetition. And so it goes on from there. And then it talks about how to pray. So as Christians, what does he say? Did he say if you pray as a Christian? He says when you pray. I, you guys know this. You get it. If you're a Christian, hopefully you're praying. But it's when you pray. He's, be, he's, he's using these words on purpose. And the last one, verse 16. This is, this is interesting. He says, whenever you fast. Notice he didn't say, hey, does anybody here fast? Raise your hand. Anybody? Anybody? Cool. I don't have to talk about it. Nobody's fasting. That's good. No. He says, when you fast. When. Don't put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. For they neglect their appearance so they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward in full. The, the Pharisees actually, when they fast, they should actually put this powder, I don't know, saffron or something like that, on their faces to look like gloomier than they were, okay? And it says this, but when you fast, say when. There you go. When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Say reward you. You know that each one of these, there's a reward? Isn't that cool? When you give, when you pray, and when you fast. So this is what a Christian does. We pray, we give, and we fast. And so I don't know if some of you guys ever fasted before or had a fasting lifestyle. I, I Honestly, one of the things I just want to throw at us today is that Christians, when you're a Christian, you fast. Amen? You don't have to, and I'll talk about some details, some, some kind of practicals a little later, but I just want to get some more of the scriptures. It's been good. But listen, so some fasting, is talking here, fasting done in private. Some fasting can be done in public. We'll talk about that. One of the things I love, uh, this idea of, of the reward. What do you think the reward of prayer is? Anybody want to call out a couple ideas? What do you think, what's the reward he's going to give you when you pray? Healing. Okay, come on now. What else? Deliverance. What was that? Intimacy. Anybody else? Anywhere here? What was that? Himself. Amen. So when you pray, you're going to get a reward. Do you think it's the same reward when you give? 
Probably not. I think when you give, you're probably, you're giving, and you're probably going to reap. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think you reap when you give? Return. You get something, right? You're sowing into people's lives. When you sow seeds, what do you expect? A harvest, right? And now what about fasting? What's the reward for fasting? We're going to talk about that today. But I want to let you know the reward for, if you are fasting, in such a way, because the scripture, it's interesting, the scripture is actually saying that they're hypocrites, which means that their outside looks different than the inside. But it's funny, they're actually trying to look like they're fasting, and they're fasting on the inside. So they're actually, it's weird. You might think, well, these aren't really hypocrites. They're actually really authentic Pharisees. They're looking exactly like they're doing. But what he's trying to say here is their insides, they're, try, they're fasting for the wrong motives. They're fasting to get close to men and not close to God. Right? They're fasting to, to get something from the crowds, from the people. Uh, maybe it's notoriety. Maybe it's making themselves feel good, successful, all that stuff. Um, and so I just want to encourage you guys, when you fast, don't, whether it's a public or a private fast, don't ever do it so that you can feel more spiritual. Now, you guys wouldn't do it to make the person next to you think highly of you. Of you. That's kind of silly. But you might fast to think that maybe just you might feel more successful as a Christian. Well, I might have some. I'm, I could tell people I fasted 21 days. I'm a, I'm a radical Christian. I think I, I need that. Versus just knowing that you're a radical Christian because you've got Jesus and you're following him. And so understanding this stuff. One of the great, I remember, I remember this, uh, this uh, message. You guys know who Christine Kane is. She's an Australian preacher. She got started with Hillsong. Now she's actually in Orange County leading, um, uh, I think it's 821. It's, a, it's an anti-trafficking um, they're, they're just gnarly. Read some of her books. But she was, she was traveling. She used to travel with Joyce Myers, okay? And Joyce Myers is one of the, the generals of the faith, pretty strong and just sharp. And uh, Christine Kane tells a story in her own message how she preached, and she's just a whole stadium of people. And, and she was preaching. She was on. And when she was done, everybody just, like, cheered. And she walks off the stage, and Joyce looks at her and says, I hope you like that. I hope you like that. That's the only reward you're going to get. And it hit me, and I just feel the presence of God right now. And it hit me. I was like, oh, my gosh, God, do I ever do that? Do I ever, I don't know, I could, I could list a, a bunch of stuff that I might do that I might want them to look back at me with this uh, admiration. And I just thought, oh, Lord. And it just kind of, it cut me. The whole message she preached was, was powerful. But that, that part, I remember that moment in that message. I'm like, Lord, help me to never seek the reward from man. And um, it's okay to be honored by people. It's okay to, to clap for the worship team and, and honor them and just thank them for the sacrifice they've made to, be, to, to get to this place and to lead us. But it's, as a worship team member, we don't, I, I don't want any of our worship leaders to be like, What's that? Did you like it? <laughs> right? That would, be, that would be just weird. You know? And I'm like, man, I, not that I want them to shrink away from receiving honor, but at the same time, I want their hearts to be like, I did this for Jesus. And I did it for you. I didn't do it for me. So when you fast, whatever you do, whether you pray, you give, don't do it so that other people see you.
I was thinking about, when I was thinking about fasting, I'm trying to think, man, well, I get, I get inspired by hearing what some of the generals around me have done. You guys ever heard of David Hogan? David Hogan. How many of you guys have never heard of David Hogan? Raise your hand just quickly. All right, so a handful of us. Okay, cool. David Hogan, he's a man, he's, uh, uh, he's probably in his 70s now. He just was here sp- preaching at somebody else's church. But he's, uh, he's just this general that just goes after healing. Uh, I mean, goes after the Lord. He, he lives in Mexico with his family. And they're in, the, uh, they're in the jungles of Mexico where the cartels are. And David Hogan has seen more people raised from the dead than I have ever seen anybody else talk about. He has seen ridiculous, like, he, he's literally preached in, uh, in villages with cartel snipers aimed on him. And uh, a bunch of other wild stories I can't tell you, otherwise you'd, just, you'd probably leave. You'd be like, that's, that's, you're lying. So I'll just keep those to myself. But, but he's here, there's some wild testimonies. And you know, you know what I, it just strikes me about David Hogan is, is, is one, the fruit that he has. But anytime I see someone with fruit, I'm going to be like, I want to study this person. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing to see people that, that your disciples are raising the dead, right? Let me get, this is probably just one aspect of his ministry that he really presses into. But his whole team and his kids, his grandkids all fast every other day. What? Every other day. Not only that, Jess and I, we were, a year ago we got to have a, a we got to sit down with a few other people, with him and his wife, and have lunch. And he's, tell, and he's telling us about his grandkids and how they run marathons with him. He's 70s, right? He's in his 70s, fasting every day. And, um, and, and he says he, ran, he runs marathons with his grandkids. And his grandkids even fast every other day, right, like, into the marathon. And he said, well, how do you do that? Well, fasting takes the reliance off yourself and puts it on God. When you're fasting, you, you get into a place where whether you're fasting some things, all things, whatever, whatever you're doing, you're in a place that I need God to show up, right? Like, I don't know if I'm going to get to the next meal. Some of you guys fast for an hour. You're like, where's, where's my bar? <laughs> Give me a protein bar. So, but listen, that, that's what happens when you fast. You, you literally tell the Lord, Lord, I want you to sustain me, Right? I was thinking about Heidi Baker, and Heidi Baker has just so many stories of this. Heidi Baker is just a, a missionary that's uh, just planted thousands of churches. But she fasted, and, and it was a five-day fast. At the end of her five-day fast, she went into a, into a vision during a sermon. Maybe you're in a vision right now. That would be beautiful. And she was in this, uh, in this sermon, and, and literally everything else faded away. And in, in, after the end of this fast, the Lord spoke to her in a vision and gave her the calling that she's supposed to go to China, Africa, and I forget the last one. John G. Lake, if you know him, is one of the great healing revivalists. He fasted a 21-day fast, and, and this was before he started his ministry, really. And he, he ended up, uh, on the end of a 21-day fast, he, he got called into his calling as well. And why do I share that? I, I share that because we want to learn from the people behind us, right? And so I think, honestly, one thing I learned from some of these giants in the faith is that fasting will, will, will give you clarity for this next season. In fact, it was some of those ideas of the, of the clarity and the fasting. And I read about some of the other leaders that fasted 21 days, the first 21 days of the year. And some of them even fasted the first three days of every month. And I'm not trying to be like one up here. But I'm just, I heard that and I thought, Lord, what if our church fasted 21 days to start our year? Do you think you would set us up for 2022? Now, he might do that anyway because he just loves us to pieces. But I'm the kind of guy that's like, oh, I've never done this before. I wonder what would happen. 
Do you guys ever get like that? I encourage you guys, like, test the Lord in these things. Try fasting. Try it out. If you're not fasting with us now, if you haven't started, I'm going to challenge you at the end, jump on board, start a 14-day fast. Not your week? How about next week? Try a seven-day fast. But we can all do something. Anyway, so I was just, I was just captivated by these stories. Um, I'm going to get back to some of the scriptures here. Jesus fasted going into his ministry. He starts his ministry off in the, in, the, in the river, gets baptized by John the Baptist, and instantly, right away, the Holy Spirit leads him into the desert for a 40-day fast, and he gets hungry. Hallelujah. Gee, he got hungry, too. I, I'm in good company. And so, I love that. You know, um, in uh, Matthew, Matthew 9, 14, the, the, he runs into John's disciples. And John's disciples, this is just, I love this, John's disciples are questioning Jesus um, I, this is the only time I hear John's disciples linking themselves with the Pharisees. And he says this. says, then the disciples, 914, the disciples came to, him, came, uh, came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. And I... I love it. This is so good. Before Jesus, the Israelites were fasting. There's tons of scriptures behind it. Moses did an 80-day fast, back-to-back 40 days. Look it up. But then, but then Jesus comes on, and Jesus expects his disciples to stop fasting. Why? Because they, they've got him. But then Jesus goes. And, you know, I used to, I, I used to believe this, um, that, well, Jesus returned three days later. We still have him now, and so we shouldn't fast anymore. We should feast and so, oh, well, that's interesting. And so I decided to not fast for a season, all that stuff, thinking that, well, why would I fast since Jesus returned, right? He's alive. He's walking around. He's in this room right now with us. But then I, I kept reading the Bible, and I started realizing as I was studying more and more over the years, his disciples kept fasting. If you look at this, um, 2 Corinthians 11, Paul says, he says he fasted often in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often in cold and in nakedness. Paul's talking about this is what I do. Acts 9, 9, 9, 9 Paul, after Paul, what used to be Saul, he gets struck by Jesus as he goes blind. And three days later, he meets Ananias. He prays for him, I guess, and the, and the scales fall from his eyes. And Paul, it says that Paul was fasting for three days after being blinded. Um, the New Testament church, this is a really neat, uh, when you fast, you can fast for big decisions. Did you know that? You can fast for wisdom. We know this. Well, in Acts 13, uh, verse 2, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, say fasted. Got to keep you engaged here. Um, say, <laughs> the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me the Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. And so if you're, if you've got a big life decision, like, it, it's, it's not wrong to, if you feel like, I want to I fast for this. The disciples fasted. And see what God would do. They did it again in Acts 14, verse 23. So when the appointed elders in every church and prayed and fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they believed. So there's just, in the New Testament, there's, there's other times they fasted too. Sometimes it just says Paul went hungry. And I'm not sure if he went hungry because of no food or he actually fasted. So I didn't want to share that scripture. Um, but prayer and fasting, it, it, it's, it's normal in our lives. How are we doing time? You guys good? You still alive? You good? Honestly, we've talked about fasting once in the past three years, I think. And I think, maybe, did you preach on it last week? Eh, okay. 
So I, uh, to, me, to me, talking about fasting, why we fast, getting inspired for why we're doing this, I think is important. Um, I love another scripture in, uh, um, in Matthew 17. If you want to go, you can. It's, it's, it's the part where uh, the disciples try to cast out the, uh, uh, the demon of the paralytic, or not paralytic, the, um, the epileptic boy, right, the seizures. So Jesus is up on the hill with his disciples, and, um, and I, you know, he, uh, he goes up there, and there's only, I think it's just three of them up there, and he comes back down. While he's up there, the rest of his disciples are down here, and this father brings his child, his son, to the, to the disciples and say, hey, my son has a, has a spirit. He's, he's got, he, he gets thrown into the fire when it gets really bad. So the disciples try to cast out this demon, try to heal him, and what happens? It doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. All right, so let's jump in there. Um, verse 17, he goes, then Jesus answered, so, um, so the man in verse 16 says, so I brought them to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Now you got to remember, these, why did he take them to the disciples? Because the disciples were already casting out demons. They were already healing the sick, and so they're fully equipped with the authority that Jesus gave them. The Holy Spirit was on them, you ready? And so verse 17, Jesus steps in and says, then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how inspiring. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out. And the child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. Everybody say unbelief. Unbelief. Assuredly, I say to you, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Fasting. Now, you might think that fasting casts demons out more. You'll get, like, your, your ability to cast demons out will come through fasting and prayer. But what it's, it's not actually saying that. I, I believe he's talking about I, that fasting and prayer casts out unbelief. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Jesus did neither fast nor pray in that moment. Right? He didn't like, call a fast. Get the church together, 9 a.m. We're going to do this. We've got to get this kid healed. So to me, it just means that Jesus had a history of praying and fasting. And so what did Jesus have very little of in his life? Maybe none. Unbelief. Right? Maybe that's why I went on a 40-day fast. I don't know. The beginning of his ministry. But I, I think it's powerful. So fasting, one of the greatest things I want to bring to you guys is that fasting drives out unbelief. And what, what, what's, the, what's the point of, of why do we need less unbelief? Well, when you guys are looking for a new job, what do you need less of? Unbelief. Right? When you're believing God for a miracle for your friend that has stage 4 cancer, what do you, what do you need to have? Less of unbelief. Notice he doesn't say, if you had more faith, I would have had it. But what does he say? Is if you just had a mustard seed. Do you think we had a mustard seed? Do you think he gives that to us? It actually says that he apportions faith to us. Do you think he gives you a mustard seed? I saw someone shake their heads. I'm going to talk to you later. No. So, <laughs> listen, you have enough faith. 
The only thing left is to kick all this dang unbelief. Jesus actually said later on, he says, he says they could only do few miracles because of the city's unbelief. Right? Now, I know Jesus can do miracles through you with or without belief, unbelief, faith, all that stuff. He does it sometimes, and it's beautiful. There's a mercy and a grace in that. But if you want a life where you walk in victory against addictions, against uh, sickness around you, pr uh, pr provision, you already have the faith, right? I tell you one thing. If you lay hands on anybody and pray for healing, you've got plenty of faith. Amen? And if somebody comes to you and says, would you pray for me? I've got cancer. They have plenty of faith. Right? So whatever happens after that, it's not about your faith. But is it about your unbelief? And I'm not going to tell you whether, you're, whether it's going to work for you or not. That's not how God works. He doesn't, he's not a magic wand and he says, um, after this you'll have, more un, you'll have less unbelief and you will heal everybody you touch. But he does show us a key to seeing victory in our lives is through getting rid of unbelief. And so I, to me, this is such a big deal with fasting. I don't know if some of you guys, maybe this is your first fast. I've talked to a couple people like, I've never fasted before. This is awesome. Or maybe you haven't fasted in years. Jessica and I used to pray a whole lot more and fast a whole lot more. We were in the prayer movement and it was almost like a badge of honor that you weighed less than you should. If you know, you know. Um, I was still in the military. I could tell you stories of ridicule. They're like, sir, what happened? You're like skin and bones. <laughs> Do you think I said, I've been fasting and praying. Look at me now. <laughs> I just changed the subject. But, I, but back then, like, we, were, we just we were radically hungry for God. And, and we just knew, like, when, if you want to get hungry for God, you fast. Do I think that's real today? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be real with you. Life gets in the way. Holidays get in the way. You know how many fasts I've decided not to do? Because Christmas is 21 days away or Thanksgiving is six days away. Well, I can't do a six-day fast because Thanksgiving is right there. God, I love Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, now that you mention it, I feel like the Lord keeps reminding me to fast right around holidays. What's, th what's that saying, do you think? <laughs> Lord, I am listening. There is never a good time to fast. Can we just get that out in the open right now? There is never, ever the right time to fast. You, I, but I thought about it. I thought, dude, let's see, it's January, it's days. Do I got any, any holidays, any birthday parties? No. Okay, we're good. Um. Fasting and prayer, it, uh, it, denies, it denies your flesh. And where, what, what, what is it around us that feeds our flesh? You know what I mean by that flesh? If you're new to Christianity, what do I mean by feed your flesh? I mean the, the carnal things, your, your, your hunger, that's your flesh, right? Do you know that you don't have to eat in an hour and you'll be okay? You know, we can go three minutes without breathing. We can go... Three days without drinking water, and we can go 30 days without eating. Uh, we can go longer, but um, that, that's, that's what they teach you in survival school. That, that's another story. Um, 
So your body can go, but, but how many of you guys know you're going to be hungry in a couple hours? And that hunger is that carnal part of you, your stomach. And it's not a bad part of you. It's just the carnal. It's just your flesh. Paul says, nurture your flesh. So we're not mad at our flesh for getting hungry. But we got to recognize that our, our, our flesh can, can actually get so big in our lives that it becomes our, our master instead of our servant. Right? You guys ever overeat a little bit too much? You like your eyes are just like, that is such a good steak. I can't leave any on that plate. It would be a disservice to the cook. Right? And then then the waiter comes and says, oh my gosh. Time. One time. (laughs) Guys, just a quick story. You guys awake? All right. Um, So one time, Jessica and I had had an anniversary. If she was here, she'd be laughing right now. Um, She was with a baby because she's amazing. She's watching. Um, so we were, we were up in Reading. We were on our anniversary with this really nice restaurant because it's our anniversary, probably like a five or seven-year anniversary. And we're sitting there. We got a beautiful meal. I don't even think we had Reagan at the time. Um, no, we did actually because the waiter, we, we had this, this thing with the, with, the, with the chef. Anyway, long story short, the chef came over to ask how we were doing when the appetizers because you have to get appetizers when you're on your anniversary. It was amazing. And he goes, really? I'm like, yeah, it was great. Thank you. And he starts talking about his, he's, he's got a baby. And we start just connecting. And it was beautiful because I knew we were winning points with the chef. And this is what it's about. And so, you know, he brings out a really good meal where it's like, this was amazing. And, and, and they come in and the, the waiter, without even being asked, comes by and gives us this really nice dessert. Why? Because we made good with the chef. And so the chef, so the, the, the waiter comes out and says, the chef wanted to say, you're going to love this. Happy anniversary. And I look at this thing and I'm like, I don't need that. I am full. And then my flesh said, you should have some. It's your anniversary. You deserve that. You've been, you've been married how many years? Let's go. Plus, you don't do this very often. Just have some. So one bite turned into two bites. <laughs> Jessica had maybe one to two bites. I'm going to honor her that she did way better. Her spirit woman was, was way stronger than my spirit man. I think I finished that dessert. And we went home, and I kid you not, I have not hurt so much after a meal in I don't know how long. And I, I literally tried to make myself throw up. I'm just going to tell him. I, I tried. I didn't, I, I didn't know how to do it. I, messed, I, I didn't know how to do it. So I, I literally had to lay there in bed going, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> how many guys, honestly, how many guys ever done that? Raise your hand. You've eaten. That's right. Come on. It was, a, it was worth it. It was worth it, right? It was worth it. But I keep doing it. That's the problem, okay? I don't, it's not just anniversaries anymore. And so, so sometimes your flesh, your flesh is so strong that your self-control gets put in the corner, and, and so, I, you know, this is, one, this is one area that I recognize, man, my flesh is getting strong. And I want my spirit, man, to rise up. You know those times, you guys ever say, like, I, just, I keep trying to wake up early in the morning and pray, but I just, I just can't seem to do it. I just can't seem. I, I wake up, my alarm goes off, and I'm like, not, not this morning, snooze. Right? And this is the 10th day in a row that that button has been hit so many times. That's your flesh. That's your flesh wanting more sleep. It also could be that you're not going to, um, going to bed early enough. 
But listen, you guys, your, your spirit man wants to wake up in the morning and spend time with Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. Your spirit woman wants to, wants to pray for everybody it sees. Your spirit man wants, to, it wants to, to get in the car and linger in worship a little longer. That's who you are. You're, you're someone that's prone not to wander anymore, but you're prone to pursue him. And so personal, I'll, I'll just be real with you guys. Sometimes I have these moments where I'm just like, man, Lord, I, I start hearing stories of fasting. I'm like, God, I, I, I think that's something. My spirit, man, needs to be strengthened. And so fasting and prayer strengthen your spirit, man. I'm going to end with just a few things. Um, a few things. I, I'll share one little, one, if you're a visual learner, I want you to kind of walk with me with this one. I love this idea of fasting. Um, I feel like I'm hitting the same nail again and again, but we don't do this very often, so if you'll let me, I'll keep talking. Is that all right? Fasting, I love this. I think it was, um, I forget who, who told me this, uh, but, uh, this analogy, but I love it. Fat, you guys ever make like, um, you ever like you guys, how many of you guys do the dishes? Some of you are single, you don't do dishes. I get it. There'll be a reckoning day, I promise. You guys, you guys, just think of the worst thing that gets, gets caked on that dish because you decided to leave it till later that night. Um, maybe, it's a, maybe it's in the morning and it's like egg yolks and it's just like, dude, just throw the plate away. Throw it away. We got more. I promise you we'll have enough tomorrow, right? Or it's like, you know, like ravioli sauce or something. You decide not to wash the pan until after dinner. Um, you know who you are. Um, but I, I do a lot of dishes, so this is, this is my gig. And so, I, you know, I love, this, I love this idea that fasting, fasting is like soaking that pan in soapy water. Fasting and prayer is like soaking that pan in soapy water. And that it takes off all the hard stuff. Right? Because without fasting and prayer, that hard stuff needs to be scraped. It needs to be like rubbed down, like buffered. That's if you have the right tool, Right? And you can't use the, the metal, like, Brillo pad because it's scratchy. So you, you, it's a pain. You, walking through hard things without fasting and prayer is hard. But I love this idea that fasting and prayer, I'm not saying anything gets easy for you, but walking through it gets easier. Why is that? Because your heart is way more connected to what God is doing, his perspective, his vision over your issues. Does that make sense? And so fasting and prayer, it, it just imagine all, those, all the hard things in your life just wiping away with a paper towel, okay? Just, just goes away. You walk through it. And does it really go away? No, but you just don't notice it anymore because you're so hungry for what God wants to do in your life today that you don't notice that you're broke because you know he's got it. And that's what prayer and fasting does. Now, I, I will say... That prayer without, or fasting without prayer is just, I don't want to say it's pointless. That might be a little overstepped, but it feels pointless. Fasting without prayer is kind of like soaking something in, 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 I don't know, like packing peanuts. I'm soaking it, yeah, but you got to soak it in soapy water. 
right? You got you to gotta soak yourself, not just in fasting, but in prayer. The two go together, right? Franklin Hall wrote a book. It wasn't the, supernat- the, the atomic power of fasting. It was the atomic power of prayer and fasting because the two together, these things only come out by prayer and fasting. Because the two together, if you just, when I was in college, we did this thing where we would fast our lunches, okay? Now, if you can imagine, what do you think if I just fasted lunch but kept hanging out with my buddies and just hung out and chatted and stuff like that and said, I'm sorry, I mean, I'm fasting. But I didn't stop and pray more in those moments. It would be like I'm doing something to appear spiritual without actually going to the one that I'm actually trying to get intimate with. Does that make sense? So what we would do is say, we're going to fast our lunches, and we're just going to, during our lunch, we're going to tie that time to the Lord, and we're going to pray. So we'd sit in our cars alone, wherever we're at, in the city, whatever, and, just, and we'd sit in our car, and we'd use our lunch times to pray. So if you want to fast a meal, don't just fast a meal and get more work done. Right? Listen, I would do it too, so don't, don't think I'm pointing at you. I, I would only do that if someone hadn't called me out on already, but... But when you fast, if you're fasting a meal, take that meal and just sit with the Lord. Well, Jesse, I just get really anxious after about 10 minutes sitting alone. I just need to get around people. Cool. Start with 10 minutes. Actually, Pastor Michael would tell you to start with an hour, but <laughs> let's go. Don't, don't, don't go easy on them. Um, but listen, fasting without prayer, it, there's just no reason for it. So when you fast, make it a point to sit with him. Who knows, he might speak to you differently than he's ever spoken to you before. Not because he likes you different, not because his love has changed for you, but because your unbelief is less. And maybe last time you sat with him, you didn't believe he was talking to you. But now you do. Woo, come on now, that was good. All right, what else? When should you fast when you feel God leading you into one? Absolutely, maybe when your corporate, the church body is, is leading you into one. But can you fast when you don't hear the Lord lead you into fasting? I used to wait for God to, to lead me into a fast. I mean, there's line like that. I, I would fast with you guys, but I don't feel called. <laughs> hey, it feels spiritual, right? It does. It feels real. Like I just do what the Lord tells me, right? Amen. I like that. I like that. Except, except there's scripture about this, right? Dang it. So it says, if we were to talk about, imagine if you said, Remember I said when you fast and when you give and when you pray. Well, if we look at giving, if we were to say, well, I just give when I feel called. When he leads me, I give. I keep $20 so that I always know if the Lord leads me, I can give it away. Well, it doesn't actually say that. It says each one should give what he has decided in his heart to give. So you can give any time you want. You just got to have a heart to give. It says, not out of regret or compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Listen, even when he doesn't lead you into giving, he still gives you grace. And so I want to encourage you, uh, even if you don't feel led to fast, but your heart is to fast, I say go for it. Let it rip, see what happens. Some of you guys... Some of you guys have never fasted before. It's your first one. I'm excited to hear the testimonies that come out of this. Um, this, is, this is coming from my past. Don't feel like you need to like, like go all in with fasting and like just, I'm only, I only feel spiritual if I like lose 20 pounds, okay? Listen, fasting is not about losing weight. It's not about looking like, it's not about feeling like you just conquered 
hell itself, right? Fasting, it, it, it's, it's, just to, it's just to submit your flesh to the Lord. It's just to submit. You know, some of you guys are on Daniel Fast, you're not eating meat. You really like meat. You eat meat every day. Have you ever had a vegan diet? One, you got to eat twice, maybe three times as much, okay? Being real. But, but your body actually wants protein, and so, so denying your flesh something. So I'm just, I'm just being real with you guys. It doesn't have to be water. Or it doesn't have to be whatever. It, it could be whatever you feel God or whatever you, your heart is feeling leading you towards. Um, okay, last thing I'll say is fasting. Fasting doesn't change God. It changes you. It changes you. And if you're in a season where, man, you just, I, I, you're having such a hard time falling in love with the, with, the, with the you that Jesus loves, try a three-day fast. God, I want to I fast so that my, my flesh no longer, no longer, I no longer see the flesh side of me. I look, I see the beauty in who I am. I, I don't know what you're going to do, but I want to encourage you guys. And the disciples in the church fasted routinely. In fact, the, 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 the rich young man that Jesus asked to give everything up, he actually says, don't I fast twice a week? And fasting can be routinely. It can be, I want to fast the first day of every month. So lastly, I just want to, I just want to challenge you guys. I want to challenge you. We have about 14 days. I think it's been a week. It's either been a week or three months. I'm not sure which. Um, but I'm hungry. Are you hungry? I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> Jessica, I really do that. We come home at the end of the night. We're just like, I'm not hungry. Are you hungry? Um, by the way, if you, if you want to, Jessica and I are fasting, everything except uh, we're basically fasting from sun, sun up to sun down. So um, we don't get up early enough for the sun up part. So essentially we're fasting everything but dinner. Um, the sun is really early these days. Uh, but I want, I want to challenge you guys. And, and I'm not going to raise your hand. I'm not going to say, who's fasting here? That's ridiculous, right? But I want to encourage you guys. Um, most Christians have never fasted. And if they have, they fast their phone or something. They fast for Lent, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking away your fasting or whatever you do. But listen, most Christians have never seen a miracle. Most Christians have never heard God speak to them. Most Christians' quiet time is them talking to God and not listening for God to talk to them. And so when I think about the kind of Christian I want to be, Lord, I want to be so intimate that you and I are just talking throughout the day. And in that place, there, there's, if, if, you, if you want to have the life that Jesus' disciples had, you have to live the way that they lived. And in that, there's, you give. You pray and you, when you fast, right? It's a little heavy, huh? Can I pray for us? I want to pray for us. I don't know what you guys have. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to be done here. Can I get the prayer team to come on up too while we're praying? Just hang out up here. By the way, every time I'm fasting, I, um, I, I'm always encouraged. I hear this, this voice in my head from hearing um, Lou Engel. Lou Engel's uh, just a father of prayer and fasting. I swear, he, he's always on something. And I, I, 
just watching him and, and, and Mike Bickle, you know, in my walk. And Lou, Lou Engel once, one time really encouraged me. He says, he says, I have started and broken or failed more fast than you ever will. I'm like, oh, that's good. You've, you failed it more fast than me? I like that. Okay, all right, cool. So that's okay if I failed a couple of fast. So if you happen to, if you break your fast because you just can't handle it, like there's so much grace on you guys. There's so much grace. Don't ever get in condemnation because, you know, whatever, you know. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray for grace. I pray for grace, Lord. Like you said, that when we give according to our hearts, you give ample grace. God, I pray for grace for fasting, Lord, that, Lord, none of us can do this without you. And so, Father, I just honor people's yeses tonight, God. I honor your yes. I honor your faith that maybe you didn't know what was going to happen, but you did it just because we're all doing it. And maybe you, maybe you didn't even have a, an idea of why this was a good idea, but you just did it out of obedience um, to doing what the family is doing. And so, I, Father, I pray that you would pour out grace. And, um, and Lord, I, I, unashamedly, I ask for the reward for everybody here. God, I pray. I pray that our hearts would be satisfied with your reward for fasting, God. And our reward for prayer, God. And our reward for giving, too, Lord. And I just pray, if there's anybody here that just feels called to go to, to join us um, at, at, uh, for 14 days left, you can do a sun up to sun down. You can fast one meal. You can fast no meat. Um, you, can fast, uh, you can fast vegetables. There you go. And um, <laughs> sorry. It's, I just, I see the shot. I take it. Um, but Lord, <laughs> that's the fast, Lord. I, I fast all peas and broccoli. <laughs> the sacrifice. Lord, I, I bless this church, God. I bless where we're going, Lord. And I, I, pray, I pray faith and expectation over this community, God. Lord, just even as we're worshiping today, I feel like worship has gone to a, just a whole new place, Lord. And I pray that we're all in this together. I pray we all go together into the heavens, into the kingdom of heaven, Lord. I pray we're all there. But, Lord, I pray we would all be connected to your heart in this fast, Lord. And so I don't know what you're going to do in individuals' lives, Lord, but I, I, just, I just say it's impossible for you not to trans, be transformed when you sow into your spirit, man. Ah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we just give this, give this day and give this week to you. Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. Let's give God a shout of praise, God. We love you, God. Come on. <laughs>